Wednesday. It's Peelis Daily from the Spectrum Healthcare Partners Studios across the NBR Radio Network. Now, are you you only going to be available on school vacations moving forward? Um, Yeah, probably. Yeah, okay. All right. Just check. All right. I don't want to double check. So, if my wife comes up with another plan to escape to the Netherlands, she should tell her she should do that on vacation weeks. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a good way to do that. If we're going to but they retired skiing, it doesn't it, skiing it doesn't work. It does to go hiking though. Yeah, they no, retired. We ne- you know what? Vacation can be anytime. Three of the days we hiked, we never saw anybody. <laughs> you know what's funny? We went to uh, Packard Hill Trail the other day. Didn't in Buckfield? I saw the thing. Yeah, didn't see a person. No, it was the greatest hike I've ever been on. Sure, we'll talk more about it in a little bit. Mike Duso is on back. He has analyzed all the tape from the Carolina game the other day and is going to tell us what we witnessed, which is nothing great. Good morning, Mike. Pat's Propaganda, patspropaganda.com. How are you? Good morning. I am well, and uh, yes, that is correct. Yeah. It's <laughs> just not... What is it about the Carolina Panthers and this team? Really? Like, they didn't... That defense, like, totally is not... They're just not a good matchup for Went them, or, or so it seems. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, and also, uh, I mean, Cam Dusen, I mean, it's, uh, it's going to be a process especially on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, he's, uh, you know, a unique challenge and one that's certainly, you know, going to face a few times, including in the opener. Uh, so they've got to get better at that. I mean, I think it just looks a little sloppy. But, I mean, overall, I went back and, you know, went through the game this morning, and I, I feel, you know, individually, I think guys look actually pretty good. I think they're coming into focus. And, uh, you know, I thought Hightower actually was running real well. I think that's a good, uh, a good sign. I, I think the thing about the Pats, too, in the preseason – they do no game planning. They just show up and play. And we already know that Belichick and his staff are the very best at game planning. And I feel if they were to play this team in the regular season, it would be different because of a game plan. Oh, sure. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's probably arguably one of the Patriots' great, you know, greatest strengths, aside from you know, Tom Brady's quarterback play, you know, the, the Belichick game plan and you know, really knowing how to break teams down and, and make teams play left-handed. So, yeah, you always got to take that into account. And, uh, you know, I think that the Panthers are really talented individually. I mean, I know I've got a huge football crush on Luke Keekley, uh, you know, imagining what he could, would do on the Patriots' defense. But, uh, you know, they played hard at home, and I mean, I, I you know, just, if you're overreacting to preseason games at this point, uh, you've, you've probably been asleep for most of the last two decades. Talking with Mike Duso from Pat's Propaganda and patspropaganda.com. Um, everybody was concerned that there were too many wide receivers earlier in camp and they weren't going to be able <laughs> to pick any out. Are there going to be any left to have a, a full slot of them, or how does this whole thing go? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny because I feel like at the end of the day, the Patriots still have the plan in place that I think they kind of wanted, uh, which was Hogan, Dorsett, and Edelman uh, with a sprinkling of, of Cordero Patterson. I think that's, you know, kind of what they figured going into the season. And, you know, there were chances for guys like Kenny Britt. You didn't know what you were going to get out of Malcolm Mitchell. Um, you know, and obviously Eric Decker was kind of brought in on the fly. That that, that that didn't work out. But, I mean, really, were they ever planning to heavily count on any of the guys that they've had to cut? Um, probably not. Um, I thought, you know, Pilsner set really started to show up. I just think he's going to be a key player. And, uh, you know, how well or not well he plays is going to have a large thing to do with how good the Patriots defense actually is. And, I mean, I, I, it was good times. I've been critical of him up until this week. It was nice to finally see him make some plays. Talking about Mike Duso from Pat's Propaganda, patspropaganda.com. Do, do we have an official pronunciation of Patterson's first name? Because I've heard oh, yeah. pretty Cordero. much everything. Cordero. 
Cordero. It's like two names. As opposed to Corderell. We've I've, heard I've, everything. <laughs> I know. I've had to, I was I was saying Corderell and I you know, it's Cordero. I'm trying to I'm trying to get it straight and keep it that way, so <laughs> I'm with you guys on that one. It's like it, core Daryl rhymes with poor Daryl. You know, like oh yeah, poor yeah. Daryl. You know, like that's I <laughs> think that's Tony Dorsett. I think that's how we. I through. think that's how we want to look at that. Uh, Mike Gillisley yeah. going to be on this roster week one? No. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I, I just you know they give him the ball in so many short situations, and I mean every single one seems to be a struggle. Um, I know neither of the backs really lit the world on fire in this week against the Panthers, but I, I still think Jeremy Hill runs better. Yeah. He has less negative games, which I think goes a long way. You know, it's like, it's a huge world of difference, I think, to the Patriots if you're, you know, getting zero yards or getting negative one yard. So, seen a lot of those negative plays out of Gillisley. So, uh, hopefully Rex Burkhead, I know we talked about that last week, I mean, hopefully Rex Burkhead, you know, can stay healthy uh, and, and at least until it takes uh, Sony Michelle to come back and then, and then maybe they'll have some options. Will we see Sony Michelle come back ever? Well, we hope. Get it a wonder. Well, well, I don't think we're ever going to see him for 16 game season where he, you know, is lo- lo- logging 20 carries a game and and you know not getting yeah. things up. I mean, unfortunately, I think he's uh, looking at a, a career long of management. So you think he's going to be the new Dion Lewis? Uh, well, I mean, that's a great that's a great question. I mean, I think you know I'm a huge Dion Lewis apologist, and you know I thought I mean the explosiveness and the ability to make people miss that Deion Lewis brought, um, I thought it was underutilized by the Patriots. Um, I don't know for sure that that uh, that Michelle is exactly that same kind of player. I think he might be a little bit more of like a hard-nosed uh, guy where Lewis would kind of dance and spin, that kind of thing. Um, but I hope so. I mean, they sure need to replace that playmaking ability. And we saw some of it out of Burkhead last year. We just didn't see it consistently. Um, so we'll see, but uh, I know I'll, for one, have an eye on how they replace that kind of element to the offense. I feel like I interrupted you a couple of times. If you got something, go ahead. No, I was on. just going to say, Jeremy Hill, I mean, he's 6'1", 230. Yeah. I mean, that is a big running back. You know, not 240 yeah. or whatever, but that's a – because he can run. I was really some, impressed with him. And he has some him. movement to him I as think well so. when he runs. I haven't seen him catch the ball yeah. yet. I was just going to say that. He hasn't caught the ball yet. He does. Yeah, he, he, he's looked pretty good, actually. And, I mean, he's been uh, pretty consistently on the kickoff return team, you know, for, for, you know, everybody who keeps track of those special teams guys. I mean, I think that's, that's definitely significant that he can play there. Um, he's a little bit of a throwback to the old days of uh, Andawan Smith and maybe a little Corey Dillon, you know. And, True. Um, I guess you could maybe kind of loop in LeGarrette Blount in there, too. Um, but uh, I, I'm, I'm excited about Hill. I hope he can stay healthy. I know he, he got rolled up on there at the end of the game. Um, but I think uh, with a full season, as long as he holds on to the ball, uh, he could do some good things. Talking with Mike Duso from Pat's Propaganda, patspropaganda.com. So, so Mike, are they going to look for another receiver? Um, there's been a lot of chatter that maybe the guy from Denver is going to be available because they peeved at him with his contract and stuff. What are we gonna yeah. do? I mean, I mean, my prediction would be, and I mean, again, I think you know, I think they kind of have the top guys that they kind of at least wanted wanted to start the season with. But um, I, I would definitely, I don't think I've seen enough out of McCarron or anything out of Braxton Berrios really to you know warrant keeping them on the roster at this point. Um, you know, I, I think you got to watch for that Labor Day weekend when there's you know a lot of player movement, um, guys get cut. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I just think Denarius Thomas is not exactly like not what they want out of their wide receivers, which is 
you know, and, and we saw it firsthand when Logan Ryan, you know, had his lunch with them pretty much every time they played. You know, it's like, you know what, I want hard-nosed receivers, you know, guys, not guys that we've seen, you know, fade in the spotlight against us numerous times. But um, I, I don't think they're really going to make a blockbuster kind of deal. I think they'll definitely add somebody. I don't think they'll, you know, try to protect one of those young guys just because they apparently have the need. Uh, I think they probably will just keep an eye out for to see, you know, who might be available, who gets cut loose that weekend. They've been very good at that through the years. You really have. Yeah, you really yeah. don't have to throw the guy in. I mean, you can, you know, I mean, he, he, he can work in behind those other, uh, you know, that four, and I know they want to start with that, and then you wait to see, you know, what kind of injuries, uh, you know, happen. It's just weeks one through four are going to be interesting with the receivers, and, you know, I think they might have to steer away from, you know, the three wide receiver sets a little bit. I, I don't know how much they want to run. Patterson, Dorsett, and Hogan out there. But, you know, I think maybe you look at a guy like Jacob Hollister, uh, who's looked good and, you know, really been the most consistent inside guy that we've, we've seen as far as new guys or guys that need to step up, you know, more so than Berrios or McCarron. So maybe look for him in, in more two, three tight end settings and step in those uh, in those early weeks without Edelman. Talking with Mike Dusso from Pat's Propaganda and patspropaganda.com. Tom Brady hung up on EEI this morning because they asked him follow-up questions about Alex Guerrero. I think he's just at the point where he's been doing this for 20 years and he's sick of dealing with everyone's crap. Like, I know everybody's going to get all wound up about it, but, like, he basically said, yeah, I'm not going to get into it, and they followed up three times, and he hung up. Like, what, uh, I, I, <laughs> is he... Is that kind of where it's at? He's just he's been dealing with this stuff for twenty years. He, I, I think at some point it's like, listen, what what do you want? You know what I mean? I I don't know. I I don't know if there's yeah. a right or wrong answer here. What are your thoughts? I, I I mean I don't know about you guys, but as soon as I turned forty, I stopped kind of caring and putting up with things I didn't <laughs> Amen. want to deal with. So I, I I mean I think Brady might be in the same boat. You know, it's like you guys want me to live at the stadium still when I have two kids who are like you know in their you know those prime years that I want to spend some extra time with them. I haven't done enough. Uh, and, and he's not going to just sit there and continually question about a business partnership with, when people really want there to be this risk that's going to bring down Patriot Nation because, you know, Alex Guerrero is the Yoko Ono of, of the Patriots. So uh, I totally get Brady. I mean, I don't know what, what, what it's going to take. I mean, they insulted his daughter, and they continue to pester him with questions he doesn't want to answer. I mean, why, why does he keep going on? I mean, uh, you know, I just know from my perspective, I have approximately 2 billion actual football questions that I would love to ask him uh, that I'm sure he'd be happy to answer. And I really could care less about what he does off the field and, and all that stuff. Now, does he get paid for doing these interviews? Yeah, I would just, yeah. That's, that's, there's usually like a contract that gets <laughs> renewed or something like that. Contract or whatever. The, you know, but it's the same way... Mike, with the everybody wanted to blow the whole thing up about his relationship with Belichick. Hey, people that get married for twenty years uh, sometimes have the, <laughs> you know. I mean, of course he has some disagreements with him and doesn't always understand why they do things. I didn't understand why they let Welker and some other guys go, but you know what? It, it all worked out, and I I think that's just natural. You 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 work with the same people that amount of time. In those intense situations, you're gonna you're gonna be frustrated sometimes. You just are. I mean, I think given what we know about Brady too, and the kind of guy he is, I mean, is there really a better way for him to be treated than by a coach who's really gonna, you know, just turn the screws on him just as much as a rookie who screwed up? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think there's got to be a part of Brady's long-term success and you know continued motivation that that is obviously tied to Belichick's 
you know, ability to remain that even keel and, and not treat him like a superstar. I mean, you can imagine a new coach coming in, how they would treat Tom Brady and, you know, how much he would be on that pedestal for, for a new coach coming in. You know, with Belichick, he's, he's probably still the same, you know, sixth-round draft pick, you know, brought in in 1999 or, sorry, 2000. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been a fascinating dynamic. And, and I mean, you know, you, you're never going to be able to extract one from the other. I think it's always going to be an interesting debate of, oh, did Belichick make Brady or did Brady make Belichick? And, you know, obviously the answer is, is somewhere in the middle, but it's, uh, it'll be fun to talk about forever. We figure out, like, um, if if we had to make a decision today, Dwayne Allen on the opening day roster and his $6 million cap hit, yet his amazing blocking abilities at the same time, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I mean, I just think given, you know, I, it's a bad contract, you know, but sometimes you gotta you got to pay bad contracts sometimes just to in, ensure some stability. Um, I think, you know, what he does is, is definitely valuable uh, when you consider what's behind him and, you know, not having Edelman and, you know, already having kind of reduced numbers. If you want to play Hollister more, um, you know, in the slot as kind of a receiver, it just helps to have Allen. And, you know, let's face it, Gronk isn't the healthiest, you know, he's, he's, he's not no shoe-in for, for 18 or 19 games this season. So um, it, it's good insurance. It's definitely expensive, but I think sometimes you just you got you to gotta live with those. And, uh, you know, who knows, maybe he'll come through with, with a couple key catches and, uh, you know, chip in that way too. I miss Kimbrell Tompkins. Tompkins, you know. I miss the Bam Childresses. All the training camp heroes of years past. Like, why can't they be around right now? Austin Carr. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a great. I think that's you're spot on. I mean, there's nobody. There's been no like, you know, the, that like fringe guy that you know has. I mean, it was uh, it was almost the running back there in the in, the, in week one. You know, everybody was on that, and then he's been seen or heard from in two weeks. So. Oh, Webb. Uh, yeah, Webb. Yeah. His name was yeah, yeah. Webb. Ralph Webb. Uh, you know, but we'll see. I mean, there's obviously going to be a lot of scrubs out there against the Giants. So maybe, you know, Brock Sicarius comes out there and has 10 catches and everybody's putting them on the roster. Danny Entling probably on the practice squad if they can get him there. Or do you yeah, think he gets sure. a spot on this team? Like a spot I mean, spot? I, you know, yeah, I think, I mean, I don't, I don't think he's on the roster. I mean, there's no, you know, he hasn't shown anything. I mean, they haven't really shown him anyway. But, um, yeah, I think he's an easy practice squad squad keep. I mean, I think I said it last week, too. I, I would expect to add, you know, I would be surprised to see two quarterbacks on the practice squad, um, you know, when they start. It's just, you know, they're in that phase now. they got to, you know, throw everything at the wall. Um, they don't have a clear guy sitting in wait. So I would I would take a look at, at anyone and everyone that, that they think might potentially be the fit. I thought they might look at somebody like uh, Teddy Bridgewater if the Jets aren't going to do anything there or I still say A.J. McCarron, you know, somebody like that, and bring him in, in as a third quarterback and get him ready to be Brady's replacement. I don't know if he sure. can. Yeah, I mean, he can. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, you know, any, I, any, any of those guys, I mean, obviously all great fits. I mean, I think uh, it'll just be interesting. Each, each draft season it's going to get a little bit more interesting, and, and you know, there's going to be more and more quarterbacks attached to the Patriots and you know, speculation, but uh, like I said, I think they just got to grab any that they can get their mitts on and, uh, you know, see who they kind of respond with. Well, and that's kind of, that was kind of my thought there. Like, I, I think you'll see some people get released, especially quarterback-wise. Maybe they can try to sneak them off. I still don't think that the, the future quarterback for this team is not on the roster yet. Like, no, it's no. not, 
And, and you wonder, too, if they draft somebody that's going to be able to overtake Brian Hoyer. Like they, they know there's only 53 roster spots. So there's... You mean the days of keeping four quarterbacks when, they had four when Brady quarterbacks. was there? I mean, yeah. they had four quarterbacks. Like unbelievable. That that should in this day and age that 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 whole thing never would have happened. No, can't do it anymore. Yeah, well, it's Brady ride or die time. You know, that's what it comes down to. I mean, what <laughs> if something unfortunate befalls Tom Brady? You know, it's uh, your expectations are going to drop, and uh, you know there'll definitely be a transition period uh, awaiting us. I just Hope he um, stays upright as long as possible. Hey, let's not forget, we went 11-5 with uh, Matt Castle as quarterback. Randy Moss was one of your wide receivers, though. That's true. That was, I mean, that was, yeah, I mean, that was Matt Castle basically with what was left of the 2007 Patriots. So, (laughs) I mean, and, and the only reason they didn't make the playoffs that year is because, you know, the Jets and the Dolphins had, like, the greatest single season years they've had before and or since. So I mean that's that's kind of, the, kind of a weird year. The last hurrah, the last defensive hurrah year. That was when it all kind of seemed like everybody just got too old and slow. With like Bruce E and Harrison, and you know that and you just could sense it was all going to turn over on the defensive side of the ball anyway. And then the Brady injury, just, I felt like you know just exacerbated that problem. And then the 2009 team was the one that he couldn't really coach. So yeah, I mean that was that was what 2009 was uh, was, was honestly I thought it was dark the beginning times. of the end. Yeah, yeah. The, the dark times, I guess you could call it. You know, <laughs> the two years we lost in the first round of the playoffs and missed it on a tiebreaker. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty pretty rough times. We really really should probably gain some sort of perspective. Saw a thing this weekend uh, or earlier today as well where John Lynch had talked about trading for Tom Brady. What do you think he offered for Tom Brady? Oh, he probably just, I mean, it probably would have been, you tell me what you want, is he available, and if so, what do you want, and I'll, you know, probably, I mean, it, may, it would make sense, it would be interesting, I mean, I think, you know, it would, I mean, unfortunately, I would I would agree, it's, it's probably better to trade for Garoppolo, who, you know, you know you're getting a little, a long term, um, but, you know, that would have certainly been a fit for Brady to go home, and, you know, obviously the connections that, from him to that franchise are, are clear, but, um you know, it's uh, it's fascinating. I mean, I, I, I would, it's weird because I feel like there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's almost debate about should the Brady's should the Patriots have gotten rid of Brady instead of Garoppolo, and I don't see enough of like, you know, wow, the Patriots, you know, did a solid and you know are going to ride to the end with Brady, and you know, it's definitely we're, we'll take something out of that as fans. The end. Do you think that the is it Trent Brown the, the yeah. tackle? Do you mm-hmm. think that was a wink, wink, nod, nod, because Hoya got released immediately <laughs> after the Garoppolo trade, and he showed up in New England. And then, right away this year, Trent Brown, for a low draft pick, gets traded. Yeah, well, I, I think know. it was. I mean, just a, it didn't seem quite as much of a slam dunk that he was going to be their left tackle, though. I mean, he really appeared, at least initially, to be you know on the right side that with them. I think that's why a lot of us questioned if there was like an actual competition in left tackle this year and. You know, really doesn't seem like there was any doubt that he was going to play the left side. So, uh, potentially, I mean, I think um, we'll see how he looks in the regular season when he has to go through an array of pass rushers and, you know, protect Tom Brady's side. We've been really fortunate to only have, you know, two really good players there, um, you know, since he got there. So, we'll see how Brown does 
Um, I know he's had flashes good and, and some bad lately, so um, it'll be interesting to see just because of his, his size. I mean, that's just fun to see. He's just a monster and a man, and uh, hopefully it you know, sparks the running game a little bit. I think they're a little worried about when the Patriots decide to go into their no huddle, whether he'd get worn down doing that. Mm, yeah, I think that's a good concern. I mean, that's you know that's exactly what the the consideration was. You know, where Solder was really you know more of an athletic former tight end type of guy, kind of fit that mold of these guys who you know aren't the biggest but but can move. I mean, Cannon being an exception. And I uh, bet you know I think that's what stood out a little bit was that you know just Brown's athleticism for a guy his size was, was pretty remarkable right off the bat in training camp. So. Um, it, it'll be interesting. I mean, he's also a new guy, so it, it's sometimes hard to, to really put the pedal to the metal when you got new guys out there. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll see how it evolves. I mean, I think, as always, the important thing at this time is this is all a work in progress. I mean, even, you know, they said September is an extension of the preseason, so it's, it's not a finished product yet. There's going to be hiccups, but, um, you know, you got to like the individual pieces that they have in place, you know, despite kind of what we saw in that third preseason game. Looking at the schedule, it sure looks to me like those first two games are going to be tough. Oh, yeah. They are. I mean, uh, you know, talk about teams that challenge the Patriots exactly where they need to be challenged. And, uh, and, it's, and it's, a, it's an interesting array, especially, you know, with, with Patricia, too, coming up with the Lions. I mean, that'll be kind of fun to see how he plays them. Um, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting right off the bat. Now, as I look at this team here, I look at some of the, the free agents, the, the to-be free agents, uh, Adrian Waddle, another difficult name to pronounce. He's a free agent after this year. Uh, also, Marquise Flowers, a uh, free agent after this year. Um, anybody else that we should keep an eye on? That that or is this? Or is everybody kind of under contract until after 2019? Right. Well, I mean, there's definitely some new guys. I mean, Trey Flowers and Shaq Mason are the two obvious ones at the top. Um, those are the, the guys. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see an extension. I mean, personally, I would, would pick Flowers over Mason just because. I mean, I, I like Mason, but I think right guards are probably the easiest position to replace on, on a football team. So, um, you know, if he got a monster deal, I, I would rather that money go, you know, to, to Trey Flowers. Uh, but he'll also be a free agent. Uh, Danny Shelton's another guy who is uh, probably going to be, you know, a starter and, and play a lot of snaps. He, I'm really excited about, you know, kind of his fit into the defense. Um, you know, those are those are a few of the guys. And, and Chris Hogan's another one. So I know there's been talk of him signing an extension. Um, I think that makes sense. He's a good fit and can play, you know, inside and outside. So um, those are probably like the top of the line names um, uh, that I can come up with right now off the top of my head. Talking with Mike Duso from Pat's Propaganda, patspropaganda.com. You can find him on Twitter. You can find him online. One more game, the annual, uh, the annual let's celebrate everything <laughs> David Tyree did bowl and uh, Mario Manningham <laughs> on on Friday, and then we're it's off the it's off the it's off the chain, and then we're then we're then we're on to Houston at that point, right? Yeah, Whew. it's exciting. It's the final. Uh, I guess it's the final non-football couple weeks here, and then uh, and then we're off. I get less than two weeks to go until the opener. So yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to finally get some real football games back, and uh, you know, stop all the speculation and talk the last year. Yeah, and then we can see exactly how they plan on uh, applying this new helmet rule. Looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. Good old helmet rules. Mike Dusso, Pat's Propaganda, patspropaganda.com. We'll talk to you next month. Uh, no, next week's Labor Day. So we'll talk to you Monday after, and we'll actually be talking about football. Real football. Live, oh legitimate right, well, football. See you on the other side. All right. Thanks, Mike. Thank <laughs> Take you. Take care. That's Mike Dusso from Pat's Propaganda and patspropaganda.com.
Wow. So there we go. 